Maybe, I'm, maybe it's just me, but I can still hear my grandfather singing this a cappella in the old country church. And I get goosebumps. Not because of my grandfather, but because of the God he was singing about. Come here, Miracle. Miracle's got a birthday. 
today. And, I, and I'm so sorry you done this. I'm sorry. Let's wish for a happy birthday. And Butch and anybody else in here got a birthday. Anybody else in here got a birthday? And all those visiting, how many do we have today visiting for the first time? Maybe never been here before. Let's give them a big round. All Yes, I love that. John's passion. And owning it yourself. How much do we need ourselves? It's easy for me to see what's lacking in your life when I have lack in my own life. And people who are passionate usually don't have time to see the lackness in somebody else. Because <laughs> it's so on fire for Jesus. But I am going to share a scripture with you. Okay? And I uh, know what time it is. And we ain't worried about it. Hallelujah. What, what would you define a move of God as? What would you define a true move of God? Okay, we're getting like 10, 15 answers all over the room. But I want to hear an answer. What would you define a true move of God? Well, first of all, how many knows what a move of God is? God is constant. How many knows that? If God ever stopped, oh, you'd be in a heap of trouble. God's always moved. In the beginning when the earth was without form and darkness covered the earth. God moved upon the emptiness of darkness and a vast thing he was creating. And the Bible says he moved upon it. God is constant and he's always moved. I'm glad he is. You know what? God made you to move. Every system in your body right now is moving. If your heart quits moving, uh, see you later. If your digestive tract quits moving, trouble. If your circulatory system quits moving, trouble because God designed you to move God designed his church to move in fact one of the first words of the great commission was our incentive to move he said go turn to somebody and say go well, you know, I was telling Heath, he said, Grandma, it's all right if I say that when I said he was going to go. 
It's me. Tell me all he takes what I preach wrong. Listen, the fences of spirit, we ain't playing with Yeah, we ain't playing with the fences of spirit. When all these people were up the altar won't go, most of them were passionate people. But I told you, they're getting more passionate. But you know what? They should have been more at this altar. Because God's moving. How many knows that God's moving? God's moving. And there is a move of God coming upon the earth of which no man has ever witnessed in the entirety of his existence or the existence of this planet or the existence of his church. And I don't know about you, but God is positioning his church, his people for such a move for such a time as this. Right now, there will never be a time like this right now. This is your time. It's time for you to take center of your apathy and say, God, you want to move. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God wants to move. Move. God designed you to move. And he's speaking today louder than he's ever spoken before. He is speaking louder than you've ever. I hear people say, well, I don't ever hear the Lord speaking. Whoa. Man, unclog your spiritual ears. God is speaking. He's moving. He's listening. And I want to share a scripture with you this morning. And what we, when, when true revival or true move of God, I read this not too long ago and I debated on whether to share it because sometimes we define the move of God as everybody being, everything being proper and in place and all trimmed and nice looking. A true move of God isn't pretty. Okay, let me, let me say that for all the people not listening today. A true move of God is messy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It don't look the way you think it ought to look. Oh, we need a preacher. We need a preacher. We need some good singing. And we need at least about three or five nights. And we'll just meet and have church. And listen, it's not that God can't use that. But that's not God's definition of what a move is. A move is when my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, get on their knees, cry out to God. Leave their pride, leave their apathy, leave their complacency and be willing to tarry before God. Pray before Him. Seek Him. Then, God somehow, it's not that we're trying 
trying to twist arms, God's arm to move because God's always been about moving. God wants to move you. God's moving. He wants to move you. He wants to move you. So, let me share this. Oh, let me let me do the scripture first, okay? I'm getting ahead of myself. All right. How many is ready for the ready. word of God? Ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many believe that God's moving today? Judges 6 and 12. Okay. There's one scripture. And the Bible says that the Israelites were oppressed by the Midianites. It was an enemy of Israel. And they were oppressing. We're living in a time where we're being oppressed by evil entities and darkness that we really we've always experienced darkness we've always battled against darkness we've always battled against enemies there's always been Philistines there's always been Midianites but the Bible says because the devil knows that his time is short that he'll step up his plan of attack that's what the word says. So as we approach us moving toward this time when Jesus will gather his church unto himself, there will be this outpouring, this movement upon the earth, this end time harvest that will bring people in before it's too late. How many has people that need Jesus today? You know why? Listen, you know why you need to allow God to move in your life? Because you got loved ones that's waiting on God to move in your life. Amen? Because when He moves in your life, then you're the fire starter. You're the one that goes into the community, moves in the community, and sets fire wherever you go. You ignite the heart of other people. Your passion ignites God. The, the fire in others or ignite something that's not in theirs. And they look at you and say, I don't understand it. I don't know what it is. But I want what you got. When somebody tells you, I want what you got, then you're dancing in high pot, brother. So, Gideon, a mighty warrior, but who at one time didn't think he was mighty. Right. At one time, at one time, at one time, he didn't know if God would use him or not. He knew that there was some call in his life, there was some purpose in his life. But Gideon was like all the other Israelites. Listen to this. He was hungry. He was hurting. He was humiliated. 
And he was afraid. Like all the rest of Israel. But then the Bible tells us. Judges 6.12. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him. And said to him. Turn to somebody and say. God's got something to say. all the way around. Run. I'm getting too old to run, guys. Listen. Listen to this. God's got something to say. Turn to somebody and say, God's got something to say. Ty, he's got something to say. Are we listening? Do we have selective hearing? Are we only hearing what tickles our ear? Are we only going to hear what may be is it something or are we listening to God? God's got something to say. Then the angel of the Lord said unto Gideon. He's saying unto us today. He's saying to you and I. And said to him. The Lord is with you. Alright I want you to turn to somebody. And say I don't feel like the Lord's with me. Oh if you had some time, we'd sit down and talk about that for a minute. I said, the Lord is with you. Yes. Hallelujah. The Lord is with you. Yes. Turn, look up to the Lord and say, the Lord is with me. The Lord is with you. Hallelujah. Then why can't I feel it? Quit going to what you feel. Go to what you know. What you know is you're the redeemed of the Lord. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. Quit setting in your darkness. It's time to leave because the Lord is saying something to you today. You've been called. You've been Our mind. 
that you can't. You won't. You never will. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not qualified enough. You've got a past. You've failed too much. Oh, you're a hypocrite. Oh, you're nothing. But I want you to remind. Listen, there ought to be some saints of God right now. They ought to be feeling something rise up inside of you right now. So, God called him a mighty man of valor. 
Jesus. I see something in you, Gideon, that you don't see. Come on. Come on. Listen, I've given out so many acorns. And some of you, you probably threw them away. You probably fed them to your squirrels. I don't know what you did with them. But you know with every little silly thing like that, God was echoing the word to your spirit. I see something in you that you won't believe. If it were told you, you wouldn't believe it. That's what Jesus said. Why, if I sent one back from the dead, they wouldn't believe it. The rich man died, and he wanted to bargain with God. Oh, I'm ready to believe now, Lord. I'm ready to get it all right. I'm ready to change my life, but it's too late. And in hell, he lifted his eyes, and still he tried to bargain. Well, then send. Oh, send someone back that they may tell them not to come to this awful place. And Jesus said, well, listen, how will they hear if someone be sent back from the dead to tell them? I'm right here trying to tell them. And they're not listening to what I'm saying. The word says, he that have an ear, take your hand, put it on your ear. Put it on the other ear. How many has got two ears? Some people can't physically hear. I get that. But you've got a heart to hear with. That's what this is about. That's what this door is about. I'm knocking at the door. I've been knocking at the door. I'm still knocking at the door. I've been knocking at the door. I've been knocking at your door. And he puts it this way. If any man, and let's shout any man. If any man or woman will hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. I'll fellowship with them. King James says, I'll sup with them and they with me. We'll have fellowship. If you look at those old paintings that that famous artist years ago, you notice Jesus knocking at a door that has no outside external knob or way of entrance. That door has to be open on the inside. You have to give him permission. You want God to move in your life? Guess what? You gotta give him permission. And the way God wants to move is not the way you're thinking He ought to move. Right. Because as I said earlier, it's messy. A birthing room is messy. Come on. Don't tell me. Don't tell me a birthing room is not messy. Most hardcore men, chest, chest sticking out, big muscles, won't go into a birthing room. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not for the weak of heart. Because that mother is at her 
most vulnerable place and it's messy. There's stuff flying all over the place. Let me tell you something. You lie because something is getting ready to be released. And when that baby begins to move, whoa, things get messy. Was he in the room with you? Was he? Was you whispering sweet nothings into his ear? <laughs> Come on, be real to us. I know you're always real. Were you whispering sweet nothings in his ear? Okay. If you could have put your hands around his throat, was there a thought that came to your mind? Lord, I changed my mind. Changed my mind. What God has purpose is coming forth. Whether you're in the birthing room or not, it's gonna happen. Get ready! Get ready! Get ready! Yes, thank you so much. I see people looking up there and seeing those images for making faces. Come on, do you mean that? Do you remember that, Miss Selena? Okay. Did you say a lot of sweet nothings to him over there sitting in the blue shirt? Okay. Not the best illustration here. Come on, Sister Pam. Come on, moms. Was it an easy place? Come on, was it a hurtful place? Was it a compromised place? Was it a vulnerable place? Was there pain? Was there gore? Was there blood? Were there tears? Was there anger? Was there frustration? Was there worry? Was there maybe doubt? But don't you doubt what God is doing in a moment. It may not look what you think it looks like, but God is moving. You know what? God's going to move. And God's going to come and He's going to move. He's coming either way. But you know what? When God moves and all these things happen, there's going to be people sitting on the laurels of their religious osity. And they're going to say, who are those crazy people? They're just a bunch of cult devil worshipers. Oh yeah, them people, you've got to watch them people now. They got this, they got these crazy pastors. Yeah. Oh yeah. They got these crazy pastors. They, they got these weird weirdos. They got these weird people. They got people up there. Do you know those people that go on drugs? Do you know those people up there that's been in prostitution? Why do you know there's people up there that have been perverted in their sexual views? Do you know that there's people up there 
that's had needles hanging out of their arm. Do you know there's people up there? Listen.
presence of Jesus and the Holy Ghost, then nothing much is going to move. David Thompson said one time, we've learned how to have church without the presence. And we've learned how to have a kingdom without a king. You cannot have a move of God without the presence of God. Signs and wonders will not follow those who are in apathy. Signs and wonders will follow those whose hearts are on fire. Who are hungry for a move of God. You can't let culture define you. You can't let religion define you. You can't let friends define you. You can't let social gatherings define you. God wants to move. Joe, I remember a time, brother, I'm gonna, I, I'll be real here, but I know I ain't going to put you on the spot, okay? But I remember a time, and I won't call out the, the faith or the church or the denomination, but I know a time when this man, God began to move in his life. He was hungry. Hungry. Hunger draws you to the place of God moving in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So he began to seek the power of God. He began to talk about it. He began to meet quite often. Why was that? Because I'm hungry for something more. How many know for something more? If you're satisfied with what you've got, you'll stay in a place of apathy. But if you want more, how many know God's got the more? Exceedingly and abundantly. Above all you can imagine or think. I'm ready to close. I didn't even think I was going to do this, honestly. There's so many words in my heart that this is not even the one that I came with, so I'm sorry. No, I'm not going to apologize. I'm sorry. Things. 
I've heard people shut down the move of God because people were doing things in the flesh. And I know pastors who stopped the flow of the gifts of the Spirit because it was too unmanageable. God says, I'll take care of all that.
See, a move of God is it's not what you think it looks like. It's not what you think it looks like. And that little woman came in when Jesus was seated with Simon in Simon's house, the Pharisee. And she came in behind him because she was didn't want to be publicly seen. And yet there was something pulling her. I gotta go there. I know I'm gonna fight against things to get there. Yeah, I'm gonna push against religious views. I am gonna push against community views and cultural views. But this man, Jesus, I know if I get to him, he's gonna set me free. He's gonna set me free. And she ran into him and she began to sob and cry and broken before the Lord. And she she poured tears out upon Jesus and she put her hair down. Some of you are guarded when you're in the presence of the Lord. Listen, I've been around people for oh, longer than I want to be honest and tell you about. I know when people are trying to keep their hair up. But I remember a day when Grandma was in the church shouting and she went in with that proper put-up hairdo, you know. But the power of the Lord charged the atmosphere God on her and got in her and she just started shouting. She'd shout. The mommy pins out. She would cry out to God. She couldn't say or cry. And she wasn't worried about anybody. That's a move of God. The devil is going to be there. Paul said it this way. When I'm trying to do good, evil is always at my door. Oh, there's going to be trouble on the bus routes. Yes, they will, man. They're going to be. They're going to be. Because it's a real move of God. Oh, yeah, there's going to be disappointments. There's going to be people here. Yes, we'll have to talk to. We'll have to pray over. We'll have to, yes, we'll have to deal with those kinds of issues. But most of most people who came are out of a place of brokenness. It's been prophesied. There are going to be people coming up these streets. People coming up these streets. There are going to be people in line coming up these streets who are emaciated and broken. But you know why they'll come? Because I heard there was a move of God.
or be relevant. God told me something over a year ago. Because the enemy tried to get in my head. Like we're less than. Because I was looking at other things around. You know what the Holy Spirit, listen. I, I miss the Lord. And we all mess up. Anybody with me now? You go make it. Anybody ever missed God before? Okay, some of you act like you've never missed God. But I know when the Lord spoke this word to me. He said, you don't need another religious viewpoint. Or you don't need another denomination. Or you don't need anybody else to define what I am doing in your life. You don't need, listen, it's good to have it. It's good to be relevant. It's good to know that people cheer you on. But Jesus didn't go to the cross just because there were people cheering him on. He went to the cross because people were trying to crucify him. But it went anyway. Because whether you believe it or not, that was a move of God. You better thank God for that move. Worshiping him and lifting his name up. Had God not moved the heavens and the earth, had his son not been willing and obedient and obeyed the Father and said, I'll go and die in their place. I'd rather be in a church where the devil and the flesh are manifesting. That in a church where nothing is happening at all. Because people are too afraid to manifest anything. And every time there is a move of God, a few people will get excited. They'll even go overboard. Sometimes even get in the flesh. The other believers will get upset saying, that couldn't be God. Let's get quiet here, Lord. That couldn't be God. Public opinion is going to look at what God is doing and say, that couldn't be God. If that was God, that wouldn't be going on there. No, it's God because it is going on. Don't worry about it. And if a devil manifests, don't worry about that either. Rejoice! Because at least something is moving and happening. Amen. How many of you God's happy? God's happy. God's happy. It may not be your favorite word. It may not be something that you're jumping up shouting about. But I'm telling you, there is a move of God Powerful move where he's shaking 
heaven and earth and birthdays are happening today in the earth. When you see these things happening, Jesus said, look up. Look up. Don't be caught by the, the voices of the naysayers and the skeptics and the agnostics and the religious and the negative. Believe God's report. God said, I'm going to move. And I will say this, some of us here in this room, if not all of us, are standing on the edge of one of the greatest things you'll ever witness in your life. You say, Whoa, it can't get any better than what I Why it couldn't get any better? If it's any better, I don't know if I can stand it. Say it's happening.
they run and hid in caverns, hiding from their enemy. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. You're going to maybe not believe this. I see people every Sunday hiding behind the church pew. Oh, we don't have pews, okay? We got seats. I see people hiding behind the seats. I see God sees you through your pain. He knows what you're going through. He knows your struggle. Come on, are you hearing me? He knows where you are. You think you're hiding? God knows where you are. You're hiding behind pain and brokenness. You're hiding behind depression. You're hiding behind fear. You're hiding behind anger. You're hiding behind hurt. You're hiding behind unforgiveness. You're hiding behind guilt and shame. And God says, I know who you are. Kenyon, I know who you are. Come out of those caves. Come out of those caverns. Come out of that darkness. Because I see purpose in you. I see a plan in you. I see things in you. I see something birthing. I see something coming forth that you're not seeing. And get in, I need you. Men of valor. Women of valor here today. So I'm going to ask you something. There were several people came to this altar earlier. Josh's cry went out. God's cry went out through that voice. And he defined himself. I'm proud of you, man. I, I don't know. I don't know too many preachers or pastors who say, "Well, I like passion sometimes." Oh man, come on. So guess what? You get to do part two of this. <laughs> Surgeries and 
They have to do stents and all that through your circulatory system so your heart can keep working. Your digestive tract, sometimes they have to aggressively move, do things to, to get your digestive system to move. Okay, how many knows what I'm talking yes, about? Yes. Some of you look like I'm talking Greek or something right now. We're talking about the real body, right? The real person. Yes. We're talking about the real body of Christ right here. Yes. Sometimes things block our move. God moving in our life. And the Holy Spirit, He's wooing people today. He wooed from the beginning. Y'all see this wooing, man. He, I mean, there was fire. I, man, I, that was powerful. I haven't seen that fire in a while, have we? But you defined it. You remember, what was his name? Regan. Is Regan still in the building? I know he's left. What was his name? The brother, huh? Clyde. He was in Mountain City. He was having this rocking, awesome service in the prison. And he was just jamming for Jesus. The whole, he was just so lit up with Jesus. I'm going to tell you, you wouldn't think we would have been in a penitentiary. But it was. And God can move in prison just like he can move
first thing about all this, the number one thing, if we do not have a relationship with Jesus, you cannot have passion. You cannot. All these things we've been talking about, you won't have any of it. That's right. So, usually we ask about heads. I'm not going to do that. Because why do we do that anyway? You think we tell you why? Because it gives us an easy way to raise our hand. That's exactly right. serve you, but I need all that you did for me. Yes. And if that's you, and listen, it's going to take some boldness because everybody's eyes are open. But if that's you, then you just need to come up. It's that simple. I'll let somebody pray with you and talk to you and get you where you need to be. Yes. Now the other part of passion is I've talked about it. I haven't always had all this passion and all this. For a long time I haven't. I, I, was, I felt a little convicted here a minute ago because Jeff talked about a look in your eyes. I remember Odie saying one time about me that I had to look in my eyes before you asked me to pray. And I've never forgotten that. But then when he, when Jeff or Heath, whoever said it, it convicted me because I've not had that twinkle, that passion in my eye in a long, long time. So if that's you, you don't have that passion in your eye. You don't have that burden in your heart. You don't have that hunger and that drive and that thirst. And today is your day. Reconnect with Jesus and just come up. I'm not counting. If I say come up, just come on up. No skin off my back, it's all off your back. So if you want that, you want to reconnect, that's you. The other part of this, I believe, is we serve a very real God who has no equal, but there is a very real enemy to that God. That enemy's not equal to him. That our God is not gonna fight with that enemy because that enemy can't fight with him. But that enemy does fight with you and I. And so if you're here and you're in a very real battle with that enemy, it's time you look him in the eye and it's time you lock horns and it's time you start to wrestle with him and you throw him to the ground. That word wrestle is to violently take hold and throw him to the ground. That's what we need to do with the enemy this morning because when you violently take hold of him and you throw him to the ground, then you'll find that passion. You'll find that thing you want to fight for. God, if I get some people to come up, just start praying loud. This is... We think this has to be loud and all, all these things going on and super emotional, but sometimes it's not. It's just about making a decision and going with it. A serious decision and going with it. And that's what this is about today. It's about you and I making a serious decision and going places that we've not been before and treading on ground we've not tread on before and claiming that ground for the kingdom. And it starts with the ground in our mind and the ground in our hearts. And once we claim that ground for the kingdom of God, then we go take the ground that the enemy, we've given to the enemy, where he's established his kingdom because our kingdom. 
kingdom. It's not just a kingdom. It's a person. It's Jesus Christ. And we take that kingdom and we plant that flag in all these places where the enemy says he has it. He does not have it. While all this is going on, if you want to come up, come up and pray for people. If you want to come up and see.